Welcome to episode 127 of Crack the Customer Code. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash customer code for your free audiobook and a free 30-day trial today. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with the reigning American ninja warrior of customer service, <laughs> Adam Sporek. <laughs> Yes, you know, if I was the actual Ninja Warrior, that would have been like a million bucks. That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. But, and well, but you'd still this. be doing this podcast with me. I know it. Oh, of course, because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm shackled to it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're both a fan of that show, so I thought I would throw that in there for you. Very nice. And I must be transparent with you, Jeannie. <laughs> I'm not actually the American Ninja Warrior. Oh, now you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, transparency. That's what we're talking about today. So transparency, this is an interesting issue uh, from a customer experience perspective because it has so many layers. There's transparency with customers, there's transparency with staff, there's transparency with other stakeholders. And where does it begin and end? And is it always good? Some people argue you must be fully transparent and they usually have lots of secrets. <laughs> in my in my experience. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, and I think the other thing is consumers, customers, they're demanding it. They want more insight into their uh, the businesses that they do business with. And especially millennials demand transparency and want to know where is this money going? What kind of causes do you support? Uh, what, you know, what do you do as far as having a social conscience? That's all part of being transparent with customers and the people who might become your customers. So I think when you look at transparency from an organizational standpoint, the question I ask is, who deserves to know what? Because mm -hmm. I don't believe in this transparency for transparency's sake, uh, because, you know, there are things that just aren't anybody's business to me. And it just depends what it is. Like I know Whole Foods has transparent salaries and they have an argument for that. They also have transparency in labeling for GMOs and things like mm -hmm. that. And I think those are both very, uh, you know, the salary thing's different. We can get into that, but that's a choice they've made. But those are transparency along, basically designed for the individual stakeholders. So in one case, it's uh, the labeling because that's important to me as a consumer. If mm -hmm. I go there, I want to know if that my food has GMOs in it, or I don't care, but at least the people who do care know. Uh, in the case of the salary, that's a little more contentious, and we can get into that, like I said, but it's designed for a certain effect. It's designed to have an open culture, and it's designed to be used as a motivational tool. You know, why is this vice president making X and I'm only making Y? Well, this vice president delivered X, Y, Z to us. Mm -hmm. When you do mm -hmm. that, you'll be making X. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I think that's what, that's the age old struggle with this is how much do you need to share? And I think one of the exciting things around transparency now is we do have more tools. We have more ways to gain that insight as as a customer or as you know, uh, somebody who is looking into being a customer, a prospect. And just recently, the FCC actually created a database where consumers can go and check out all these weird calls we're all getting now about, you know, an important message about your credit card or things like that that <laughs> are really not from your credit card company. What's happening is the FCC was getting all these complaints and they realized that in a way they couldn't 
they couldn't do this all on their own. So by being transparent about the complaints they're getting and allowing consumers to look and see like, oh, look, all these people are complaining about the same number. I know now it's not legit. They're actually making the FCC job easier, but they're also getting information just by you know, having this place where this information is available to them. And I think that there's a lot of avenues where transparency around that is actually making things easier for the customer. It's that peer-to-peer support in a way. But is that transparency? Because when I look at transparency, transparency is revealing something about yourself. And it basically seems like the FCC is unless I misunderstood what you described, is not necessarily being transparent, but uh, creating a forum for people to complain about other people and making it transparent for the companies. I mean, is the FCC being transparent about their own workings and their own system, or are they essentially creating a forum for others? It's a good point. I think in this particular case, they're being transparent about the complaints they're getting and the numbers they're getting before taking that next step and making sure It's uh, fully investigated and things like that that kind of slows everything down. What they're doing is saying, here's the information we have, consumers. You can look at it and you can make up your mind what you want to do, but you can also see that you're not alone and that, you know, it, it can help somebody make a more informed choice before necessarily going through all the rigmarole of a governmental agency figuring this out. I think this actually goes into a deeper topic, which is the fact that transparency is a buzzword and people are using it to uh, sound really good and sound really open. Because to me, what you just described, that's not transparency. That's like me saying, well, I'm going to be transparent, so I'm going to uh, create uh, I hate I'm, I hate com. Anybody who's had a problem with Genie, log in and oh, do that. And, and I'm being completely transparent. I better go buy that URL. <laughs> <laughs> I already own I love Genie.com, so I don't have that one. But you know what I mean? I, I don't know that that's transparency so much because transparency is opening yourself up. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you that it, it's definitely it's become a buzzword one, and I agree with you that it's become a bigger expectation. But I think we should also allow ourselves to be strategic about what we share and how we share. Mm-hmm. And even though this isn't an organizational example, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there that do the sort of you know how you built your business kind of things. I've been on a couple of them, and some of them are very demanding. And I know I won't say his name, but somebody we both know, I remember him posting on Facebook that the uh, the podcaster wanted to interview him and basically said, well, you have to tell me how much you make a year. Wanted mm. to, like, I need to know what you make. And he refused. And guys, well, that's ridiculous. You have to be transparent and you have to be, and, you know, he's more, uh, our generation is actually a little bit older than us. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, go fly, <laughs> go take yeah. a flying leap. Uh, that's ridiculous. That that's your uh-huh. expectation. And I think, with transparency, it's very interesting that the expectation can really get far out of whack. And I think we, we should not we should look at why transparency is important and who it's important to and how it can benefit people. But I don't mm-hmm. think that means uh, to use the old business saying you need to be open kimono right. <laughs> about everything. Right. No, I agree with you. And I think that when we talk about how this relates to customer experience, Transparency can be kind of a tool in your kit. And what I mean by that is... Well said. uh, At the Cleveland Clinic Patient Experience Summit, which I've spoken about, one of the big, big discussion points was around doctor ratings, because this is a new thing in healthcare. It, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, people did not go on Yelp 
and discuss their physician and their bedside manner. And now they do. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, doctors were like, whoa, what's happening? It used to just be these one-on-one conversations. And now these ratings are out there. And in some places now, what they're doing is taking the patient surveys that they control in the organization, and they're posting those results publicly and saying, these are the results for our doctors. And as you can imagine, some doctors were getting very upset about this. Why should my uh, ratings be open for everybody to see, not only to future patients, but also to my fellow doctors, right? Right. And I spoke to a director of a clinic and he was... He, he gave a great answer because he said, you know, we started doing that at my clinic because I know doctors are competitive and he is a doctor himself. And he said, I had to have a culture where people were working really hard to provide a great experience and understand the consequences of not providing that. And I thought that was a great answer. But he said he lost some physicians. They went other places. His take was this is going to take over no matter where you go. Um, but transparency of that sort is... You know, it's scary to people, frankly. And so you really have to work on culture and why you're doing it and explain to people what you're after, not just being transparent to, to your point, just, you know, live up to the buzzword. Right. And there's so many layers to that. So you bring up healthcare, and that's a great example. So here's what's not transparent in healthcare at all. Pricing. Mm-hmm. That's a huge, yeah. That is a huge issue in healthcare. They've done studies where if people have high deductibles, you know, basically the higher your deductible, uh, the more likely you are yep. to go, try to figure out how much something costs. Right. And it's right. basically impossible, right, for anything it even is. remotely complicated. There uh, was that. There was a book that came out on that where the guy called two hospitals across the street and said, "How much to have gallbladder surgery?" <laughs> and uh, he said he could not. He got. It took him like a month to get a clear answer, and they were wildly different, and they couldn't really tell him why they were so different. And then he went to Costa Rica to get the surgery. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And lie on a beach. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, you know, it's interesting. And let's talk about the internal part. So there's the customer transparency, and I think a lot of transparency with customers is good, but, you know, the old adage, you you don't necessarily always want to see how the stakes are being made, right? Right. Uh, And I think it just depends. I think you look at what's an advantage to the customer and what really can help enrich their experience. But on the internal side, the internal customer, uh, transparency can get very tricky. Whole Foods has managed to do it, but I don't think without consequences. And uh, there was that CEO that made big headlines. Um, it was Dan Price, I think, or something mm-hmm. uh, uh, from Gravity Payments. And he obviously made huge headlines. Everybody's heard of him. We talked about him before. He said, I'm going to pay everybody $70,000 a year mm-hmm. or more. And it was obviously not only transparent about it, he was sort of a media, you know, he was chasing yeah, media. He was celebrated. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so he, he made a big deal about it. He put himself out there. And, uh, you know, a lot came out later. One, the transparency wasn't good in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. uh, people said, well, okay, they stink. And now they're making what I'm making or they're right. making five grand less than what I'm making. Uh, and the other issue was uh, he was making about uh, $1.1 million himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was in line, but it's a hard story to sell. And then later, he got sued apparently by his brother, who was his partner. <laughs> um, mm. You know, basically for saying, oh, "Well, you know, I own part of this company, and you just gave away X, whatever, and you're taking X." Uh, so that's a case where the transparency, I think, didn't work out. It doesn't sound like it worked out well. I don't really know how, what's happened with the company in recent years, but I definitely saw some follow-up stories where uh, there was some mm-hmm. pain pain and suffering. And 
I think when you do things like that, when you get into these touchy subjects like salaries and who makes what and who does what, I think transparency is not enough. It needs to be sort of strategic transparency. You really need to have a plan for what it means, how it's going to be a part of your culture, and how you're going to frame not only the transparency around that particular topic, but the entire idea of transparency. Because you're like, oh, well, we're transparent about this, but by the way, nobody knows what the CEOs make. So everybody's right. salary is published except the CEOs. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty mm-hmm. rare. But you, you get the point. You start picking and choosing where does that line end and how do you draw that line for people so they don't think it is uh, hypocritical or not part of the cultural ethic now. Right. Well, and I think that's exactly what we're posing the question of here today is why should you be transparent and make sure you understand that? And then what are you really committing to when you say you're going to be transparent? Because that's, if you can figure those two things out and feel good about it, transparency can really be a benefit. It can be something that helps you. If you don't know the answers to those two questions, then keep that door locked. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. I think we'll drop the mic right there. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I'm going to be absolutely transparent that this is episode 127 of Crack the Customer Code. And we're a lot older than we were when we started this. I mean, think about that. 127 episodes. That's pretty crazy. But uh, there you are calling me old again. Really, Adam? No, no, no. I just said you're older. (laughs) If you were seven years old, you'd be nine. It's not really a big thing. It's all relative. And you started out so young. You started this podcast in your 20s. So It's true. I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah, there goes our transparency, if anyone (laughs) believes that. (laughs) Well, anyways, we hope you enjoyed episode 127 of Crack the Customer Code. Don't forget to subscribe. Check out all of our episodes and send us feedback so that... You can be transparent with us about how you feel. Nicely done. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And thank you to audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Get your own audiobook and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash customer code. And I'm Adam Tapork. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.